Hello and welcome to Eldridge Extras. This is me, Mike Mason, with... And this is me, Paul Fricker. Hello. Hello. And this is the uh, extra bit of the uh, our podcast uh, between the uh, between the weird and grisly stories uh, where we talk about stuff. So, Paul, what 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 stuff has been going on with you this week? Well, I've been, it, as we record, this is probably not going to go out for a week or two. But as we record, it was Halloween yesterday. It certainly was. It was. So, Lucy and I sat down and got a, an Indian takeaway. Watch University Challenge, of course. We usually do that because so you can. I don't really like eating while you're watching something that. Takes all your concentration that you, you keep, keep looking you know, down to it. eating, you're missing it all. You're missing, yeah. you're missing the subtitles. Yeah. Obviously, on the picture rounds, I have to look up then. Well, the rest of it. Yeah. So, but then we're like, well, need a, a classic horror film to watch. And there's a film that I remember watching. I mean, this is probably quite a long time ago now, but I remember as a little kid, I saw the start of it, but then I got sent to bed. Oh. So I remember, I remember kind of remember the title but also remember there was a there was a railway platform and some kind of monster and a box or a oh you're talking you're talking um horror express yes or, horror express. <laughs> Fucking yeah, right. <laughs> christopher lee and peter cushing and um, i mean what a, what a what a trio for a, i know a, but you film. well what a great film because <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking it's going to be quite entertaining, but I, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through before. And um, yeah, I mean, it is it is it is great. I mean, it's from 1972, so it's pretty old. It's dated. Uh, I'm going to say a young Christopher Lee, but a, a middle aged Christopher Lee, probably about our age. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's so that they're on the train. It's a bit kind of horror on the Orient Express. I think that must have been a, a, at least something of an uh, an inspiration for that uh, for that Call of Cthulhu campaign. And and there's a couple of things. I mean, I think one is the the way the plot develops because you think, oh, it's going to be you know they've got this like frozen monster sort of mummified fossil thing uh, from two million years ago. Uh, like two million years ago, it looks very much like a just like a guy um, in the box. And you think, oh, it's going to be that monster going up and down the train, killing people, and oh, okay. But then halfway through, the police officer shoots it dead, and you're like, well, he just killed the monster. But then the monster possesses him. He's got the red eye. And, wow. and, you know, and <laughs> how do we know that he's taken over the police officer though? Because it's not, you know, it's fairly subtle. But he's got the, he keeps his hand in his pocket, but then he brings it out and it's like the furry hand. We've got the claw. Yeah, he's got, it's the, got claw. the monster hand. It's brilliant. Fantastic. Um, but then, so, so then you got all that with the police officer. Now you got a different protagonist, uh, antagonist. Um, and, um, but then, you know, they're, they're wiring ahead to different stations and they wire ahead to some little station. And there's, uh, there's Talisavalis all like in this red coat with his soldiers and, stuff and and he comes on board and that's that's over like halfway th- and you i knew he was in it because i'd seen the cast list but i'd forgotten you know by that stage yeah i haven't seen him you know like, where's talisavalis oh here he is <laughs> he comes on kind of larger than life you know just just uh i don't know intimidating everybody and but then you know 
Oh, th- then there's that crazy like Rasputin monk guy, the the priest who 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 is the religious guy who you think is going to be you know fending off the monster with his cross, but no. Once he figures that the monster is like what the monster is, it's you know El Diablo, the devil, and that he's like, I, I want to serve you. I, I want to help you. Please, please tell me what he, to he do. Wants, he wants the power. He wants the good stuff. Yeah, and then he becomes the monster, and then ultimately, like Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing pin him down, and they've got him, and he raises up everybody that's been killed so far. He raises them up from the dead. Horror nightmare. Well, it's. I think it's just such a great escalation of events because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't foresee that the monster was going to be killed halfway through. I didn't foresee that the priest was going to, you know, take it into himself. I didn't foresee that they were going to raise up all the dead. That was a, a twist that I didn't see come in. And then the end, genius. I mean, they wire ahead. What is it? They, they, they. I don't know. They wire ahead to some little station. There's a little station, like you know, where they pull the, the handle to divert the train, and they're like, "Oh, well, they've wired us to tell to tell us to to put the train down that bit of track." Well, that'll kill everyone. Should we do that? Well, they've told us to do that. Maybe there's a war, so they've got a, a, a lever they pull which diverts the train over a cliff. <laughs> why would they have that? Why? Why is that there? I mean, I said to Lucy afterwards, why is that there? Crazy. And then probably if you researched it, there probably is one just the same in Russia. You know, there probably is somewhere. You know, a, special, is... a special train for, you know, when we got special emergencies, yeah. send them down there. That'll, that'll, the, that'll sort them out. One of those bad things that you think isn't true, but might be. But yeah, brilliant. Awesome. So awesome. I know you love the film too, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I watched it, but yeah, it's a great. I mean, I, I'm I'm big, well, fan of Cushing and Christopher Lee anyway. But but add Telly Savalas. I mean, you know, who doesn't like Telly Savalas? Well, you know, yeah, anything yeah. he's in is great. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. what? Yeah, I mean, was um, you know, how did he get involved? I mean, you know, he's like uh, this kind of little. British made film. I think it's British made film. I assume so. You know, they they said we need we need oh. an American star, and I guess yeah. at the time, you know, Kojak was pretty big, and um, you know, well, who who can get this bigger than Telly? No one. So yeah, you know, so uh, yeah, yeah. Seventy two. Would Kojak have been big then? Oh, was it a little I mean, early? I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know. I mean, probably was. Maybe. Certainly. Certainly mid seventies yeah. it was, wasn't it? Mm, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it was. Yeah, but um, I always remember the uh, going to the toy shop, and uh, you'd see the uh, Starsky and Hutch car, which looked really cool because of the paint job. Because it is, and then there'd be the Tele Savalas car, and that was just like a beige saloon. Oh, yeah. um, and and you had a little action figure of Tele Savalas, and, and and I think. I think you had this kind of little flashing red light. You could, I think it was either attached wow. to the car or you could put on the car like he does in the, in the yeah. program. But I was now I wished I wished I had it, but, but then but it just wasn't as cool as the Starsky and Hutch car or the Batmobile. You know, yeah. they were the kind of the, op, the three options really. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, yeah, yeah. He did. He's cool. His car wasn't quite as cool as uh, what else was going around, you know, around at that time. I, I did ask my friend who's who's a police officer and she's uh she's you know she's done the specialist like train the the, the car training and that I did ask her 
do you get like the light you can reach over and put on the roof but she says no she says yeah, no. I, mean, I don't believe not, it. you're not you're not not really proper unless you got the special light have you no because that's that that's no that's when you know you're you're in action then because you reach no, exactly. over and get the special light on the roof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but brilliant like, i mustn't forget this that there was a brilliant line in uh from peter cushion where uh, there's peter cushion and uh christopher lee in the little you know in the little carriage uh in their little room and i think i don't know one of one of the i think maybe the police officer and he's like well the, the monster could be anybody and peter cushing's like oh no in the, it's like, it could even be one of you and peter cushion's like monsters we're british <laughs> <laughs> fantastic fantastic well I, I i started the month watching quite a few um horror films and then um and then what with going to various cons and traveling things i've kind of didn't really get the chance to watch much around halloween um you know but i started the month watching i re-watched um dawn of the dead the remake the snyder remake and um and a few others, I yeah, you know, I watched the American remake of Martyrs, which is obviously a barrel of laughs. Um, um, it did make me want to go and watch the French original again because I yeah. think the French original is better. But um, but yeah, so I watched a few different things. But I ended up just because of timing, just uh, getting a horror fix by rewatching or starting to rewatch the 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 you know the series The Walking Dead. Um, it's been a been a while since I um, kind of saw those, and I thought I'd kind of give it a a rewatch. There's a lot of it, yeah. But it's quite it's like as you say, when you're eating dinner, it can just be on in the background. You've kind of seen it before, and you can yeah. kind of tune into the the good episodes kind of thing or the good bits, and the rest kind of washes over you. But mm. I've been kind of kind of enjoying it. You know, it's not perfect by any means, but um, um, you know, it's got some some good. Uh, some good episodes, you know, uh, look at the flowers. That's a good episode. Now, this is something that I've noticed you do that I don't do, is you pick out good episodes. So there's there'll be a show like, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation or Buffy or whatever, and you all sort of cherry-pick good episodes to oh, rewatch. Yeah. And I I'm ne- I think basically because I can never remember which ones I enjoyed. <laughs> so you, you, you sort of remember the names of particular episodes, don't you? I, I do. I remember, you know, I kind of think, you know, because... A lot of it, you know, when you talk about TV series, a lot of it blurs, doesn't it? Mm, you know, mm. especially when you got like an overarching, you know, continuing story. But you know, things like uh, in like in The Walking Dead, Terminus is a great kind of horror episode because it starts off with them all about to get slaughtered, you know, and and it's that kind of classic kind of horror film kind of setup. So that kind of sticks in my memory, kind of thing. It's a kind of a cool, cool kind of thing. But yeah, same mm. with Buffy, you know, like the. Uh, What's it called? Hush with the the oh. gentleman sort yeah. of hovering around, and um, the one uh, I can't remember the name of the episode now. It's been a while. The uh, the one quite what? later on where um, conversation with dead conversations with dead people is one of my favourites, uh, just because uh, which, it's, it's genuinely spooky. Which one's that? I don't remember. It's the one, one where um, individually that there's, there's scenes with it, with all the different cast members. And somebody from their past who's dead comes and arrives and talks oh, wow. to them as a conversation. And um, it, it turns pretty, it starts off kind of all right, but then yeah. it kind of turns very dark. Um, and um, that's pretty good. Uh, it kind and of once sets, more with. Oh, well, well, once more with feeling, obviously, you know. But uh, have yeah. you seen the, um, 
the uh, uh, Strange New Worlds, the song and dance episode of that. I haven't seen any Strange New Worlds oh, yet. Well, you, well, list, you, yeah, I mean, that's, you know. There's a musical it, sort of song and dance episode. It, it's clearly kind of, well, yeah, kind of inspired by the Buffy episode. But yeah. there's, a, there's a, I can't remember exactly as I said it now, but some anomaly, you know, happens in space, it sends ripples across space. And if you're caught in the anomaly, you 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 all start singing and dancing, basically. <laughs> um, and it, and it, you know it's kind mm. of very thin, thin uh, yeah. scientific reason. But but it, it it's it's good fun, and it does a similar thing with the Buffy. It kind of allows the characters to kind of explore some unsaid things. Yeah. Oh. Um, but but all that is is irrelevant because until the towards the end, you finally get a link to the Klingon, you know, cruiser. Oh my and god, the, what the song and dance number the Klingon do <laughs> brilliant uh, is 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 super, is just amazingly good. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, it's worth I mean worth watching the entirety of Strange New Worlds just for that one. You well, know, here it's a good show anyway, right? Uh, but it is a good show anyway, yeah. It, you know, yeah. if you're a Star Trek, you know, person like I know you are, um it, you will enjoy it. It's uh, it, very good. It won't be the first singing Klingons I've seen. Well, because at well, Gen Con. There is a often in the corridor outside the trade hall, they have various acts and performers and loads of cosplayers and so on. And one of the acts that, you know, they just stood there in the, it's not a massive corridor, like an auditorium in itself. But one of the acts that, that is there is the, I don't know what they're called, like a Klingon troupe of, of yeah. sort of performers playing like Klingon instruments and, and singing, you know, classic Klingon songs. <laughs> it's fantastic. All in, all in, you know, the all gear, good. you know. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. No, that's awesome. Well, I bought I bought Show and Tell. Oh, um, me too. Me so, too. Um, I think I, I think I mentioned it last time. Uh-huh. Um, that I've been to Gamehole Con. Oh and, yes. Um, and every year they do a um, a kind of a D and D plushie designed by John Kovalik. Um, and um, this is uh, this is this year's one, and yeah. this is the gelatinous cube. Oh my God! Right. Wow. I thought it would be green. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's uh, it's blue, and uh, I've kept it in the original shrink for now. But yeah. it's really, it's really compact. It doesn't squeeze at all. Oh, so it doesn't. Getting it into the suitcase was literally a quarter of the suitcase was taken up with this. So brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine, I've got two. The yeah, first go on. Is a, the first is a cautionary tale. Uh, so last week I had a few friends visit, and uh, they bought the, what I'm about to show you. They bought it. But we never opened it. And last night, after after eating some curry and you know watching a bit of telly, I think fancy a bit of chocolate now. Go down to the fridge. Well, there is some chocolate there, but there's also this. And I thought better open this. So it's uh it's from oh. Lint, and it's a vegan. Well, it's not got chocolate on the label, but it's clearly a bar of chocolate, right? Uh, vegan and smooth. It, I like the smooth. You know, vegan I'll- smooth. Yeah, not good. Did it it's, uh, taste in any way like chocolate? It tasted a bit like chocolate. It's kind of okay. It's got a weird aftertaste. I don't recommend it. But if you like it, knock yourself out. Okay, well, that doesn't sound like a particular winner to me. Then no, not for me. But I mean, I'm just saying other people well, might like know, it. But... Others may like it. So yeah, you bought. You've got. You've got something else to make up. For I, the, I have. Well, the you know, I'm there. sure you like watching people un- unwrap things unboxing videos because i've got right here in my hand something yeah. <laughs> I, I, 
I can tell you do, don't you? you oh, well, I, I, I spend most of my time watching people unwrapping things. Yes. Yeah. So I find so, it exciting. I think I know what this is. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I didn't. I didn't do a very good job there, did I? I should have done that on the thing. Well, you so, should have done that. You can prove you haven't pre-opened it. To be honest, what? Tales out of Innsmouth. More rubbish there. It's a blast from the past, isn't it? It's a it's a it's a Chaosium book that I don't own. Uh, which wow. I mean, it's not like unique in that, but um. I've got this it on the sold... shelf behind me, in fact. Well, there you are. You've got it's, it? Uh, yeah, it's on the shelf behind me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because on so the we... um on the uh the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast, we are looking hang at on, hang on, hang on. We there's another podcast. You, you I thought you only did a podcast with me. What's this double Sorry, Mike, to, to two time on? in you, but but uh, yeah, I mean you've been on it too, I think. Oh um, yeah, maybe a while ago. Uh <laughs> And um, yeah, so we're looking at uh, Lovecraft's story, The Shadow of Innsmouth. Uh, one of, actually, having reread it, I think one of his best. And here we got Tales Out of Innsmouth, a, um, a Chaosium uh, collection of, of uh, fiction. So what, you, what was the year on that? I can't remember when it was. Is that 1990 oh, something, I guess, or, or early yeah. 2000? Yeah, yeah, 2006. Yeah, okay um there was a previous one i think you might be thinking of there was one called i don't know the innsmouth cycle i think yeah there was the innsmouth, that's the earlier one yeah uh, but right. with yeah. the popularity of anything with deep ones and, and innsmouth i guess you know it spawned pun intended another uh sequel so i'm just having a look uh who's in here a bunch of people yep this is interesting as i look down a list of names okay yeah so any, uh, any classic stories in there? Is it all kind of modern and uh, contemporary to the time? Okay, there's one here. I'd... This is a curious one. The Weird Shadow Over Innsmouth by H.P. Lovecraft and John S. Glazeby. Oh, okay. Is that a collaboration or is that... Sounds like I mean, a, maybe a posthumous collaboration or a kind of a pastiche or something, maybe. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't say I remember reading that one, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but... Um, uh just looking here in the credits it's credited 1999 so i'm guessing glazeby took a bit of uh something that lovecraft wrote and then expanded it maybe but maybe i don't know kind of curious to attribute it to two authors but uh yeah so i'm gonna dig into a few of those so that should be interesting Ooh, have you got any more posts you want to open in front of us uh, no, I think that's that's all at the moment, Mike. Oh, uh, oh I'm sorry to disappoint. I'm getting excited that you can open some letters as well. But okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, speaking of uh, Lovecraft's kind of, um, you know, well, inspiration and adaptation, I've been, I have started listening to the new um, BBC Sounds, The Haunt of the Dark, which is the the new series from uh, Julian Simpson, the, mm. the um, kind of the recrafting lovecraft in the uk in the modern day kind of retelling the stories with a you know a modern vein yeah uh, and uh yeah i've enjoyed the previous ones and this one has started um pretty strongly um and um I, I, what i what I, you know what I, it, it, it strikes me that um because um simpson's kind of you know is english and and has you know got a an understanding of how 
British life works and British kind of government works and, and the rest mm, of it. Mm. And uh, so uh, the way that he kind of strands those together, I think, works very well. It feels very, you know, well, I hate to say realistic, but it, it feels right. Whereas sometimes when um, somebody who's maybe not English is writing about kind of government structures and the mythos kind of connecting in some way, it, it tends it tends to be fine, but it's just not doesn't feel quite right doesn't feel quite as authentic um don't quite get the names right in in a sense uh uh, you know british kind of um you know authority kind of labels things and 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 kind of uh you know describes their departments and things like that so like the his department of works kind of sounds quite authentic compared to kind of other versions you can kind of see around Um, but um it's really interesting because he obviously he, he he kind of throws in the kitchen sink with everything in a good way mm. that you don't just have the mythos and you don't just have Lovecraft stories. He interweaves a lot of kind of um, kind of occult law, British occult law, and yeah. and, and um, conspiracy law to some degree. So this one, uh, there's very early on, there's a connection to kind of the. Uh, the uh the british fascist movement in the kind of the 1930s so there's a lot of kind of interconnection with those kind of things so it's it's and it's interesting how you know he's he's obviously done his research and it's you know that they are distinct from the what was going on in germany although clearly you know aligned but um but there was a distinct you know as many things are you know each country has their own flavor of these kind of things and and, uh and he kind of taps into that pretty well i thought and um and then lots of other things, you know, the Rendlesham Forest incident and all these kind of classic kind of paranormal kind of um, events that, you know, yeah. are well known in, you know, certainly in the UK, if not beyond, you know, the kind of the Rendlesham UFO experience and that kind of thing. He, he kind of weaves all these in to form this kind of much kind of interesting kind of tapestry um, that's that's builds up from the Lovecraft but adds these layers in and and they all kind of feed back on one another so it kind of creates that idea of the the kind of the um disparate pieces kind of coming together and everything's everything's actually connected even though it doesn't seem to be at first so yeah you, know, you, you get lots of you know Tillinghast the Tillinghast family gets a mention and, and all these kind of things that in Lovecraft stories are, are separate things really but and I think you could listen to it with no knowledge of Lovecraft because he, oh, yeah. whilst he references the Lovecraft stories, and if you know those stories, then those things are going to mean something to you. I think it stands up. I I think it stands up completely on its own as a yeah. brilliant piece of radio drama. I mean, I think it's uh, it, yeah, it's, it's top notch stuff. Uh, yeah, very and it's not a Lovecraft yeah. pastiche as well. I think you said about no. it being him having a good understanding of British culture. But also, I think the other strength is it's as we see with many Lovecraftian inspired things, it's very hard not to try and model the style of Lovecraft. And he doesn't try and do that. It's very much his own style, but taking some inspiration from some of the elements of Lovecraft stories, as we try to do in our gaming. um, Yeah, I mean, it's very similar. There's a real parallel that we're not just recreating Lovecraft's story we, we as you say kind of that's an inspiration and there's elements of it in there but we're actually telling a kind of a different version or a new version of the story and that's very much what um Julian Simpson seems to be doing in, in terms of you know that it's not following 
the same thing, but it's taking the ingredients and kind of mixing them around a little bit with some new ones and uh, forms its own kind of tale. Um, and because it's kind of presented by two podcasters um, oh, who kind of right. explain things as yes. you go, it kind of helps to kind of, as you say, makes it very accessible because they kind of, they join the dots for you most of the time. They're your way into it, aren't they? Because they're yeah, like doing yeah, they're, a, a yeah, they're, show yeah, where they research They're investigating into the... the mystery as a kind of an ongoing podcast and you're yeah, following right. them. So it, it makes it kind of, um, yeah, kind of quite engaging in that way. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got one more thing I, I watched, um, Get Gotti. Get Gotti right. on, which is on Netflix. It's a three-part series about capturing uh, John Gotti, the uh, oh, you know the New York gangster and Godfather of the sort of late of the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah. Well worth a watch. Um, I think I've seen the film. It came out a few years ago. I think it might just be called Gotti. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's why I was getting it confused with because I knew there was kind of a film or something. But yeah. I, again, I've not seen that, so uh, don't know. But very interesting. It it recounts the various different crime agencies um, that tried to bring him. Yeah, you know, well, that did bring him to trial and tried to convict him. And I think it wasn't until the third or. I think it was the third time, um, which which was this time was the FBI bringing the case, um, and you know they managed to to pin stuff on him, and uh, they look at how they were breaking into apartments and places to you know to put in bugs in phones, and they, they've got. I mean, this is like the late eighties, I think, and um, I think it was it was there was another department, not the FBI. There was another department you know a, a law department that were bugging him and they they broke in they put loads of bugs in like he'd got this uh, it's very much like the sopranos you know where they've got the uh, oh, with, the, the, with the radio in the basement and uh trying to put a bug in it and all that well it wasn't so much that sort of stealth it was more they actually just broke in they had a guy <laughs> just went oh, well, in. they had a delivery guy like a ups guy or something yeah turn up and put like bot cardboard and boxes and stuff you know on the street for like a couple of months and then one day he puts like a, a refrigerator cardboard size cardboard box just outside right. and there's a bloke in it i'm gonna say is there a bloke stood in the box <laughs> yeah sort of shuffle across to the door when it gets dark and there's a little flap and he's like fiddling with the lock oh wow i mean you just, you just think well it's crazy so um he manages to pick the lock um and then you know and then I, don't, I guess he buggers off, and then like a team come in, and they put loads of bugs in, but that, but it's so noisy in this place. There's all these people, and they've got the the bugs are sort of hidden around, but they really find it very, very hard to make stuff out. And it's a bit like that. Um, I can't remember what the the phenomenon's called, where they sort of some people claim they can hear ghosts on recorded audio, you know, just in the yes. static. Yeah, electronic but, uh, voice phenomena, EVP. Yeah, that's it. And when you're told the voice is saying, I'm going to kill you, Mike. When you're told the voice is you're saying You're told that, what you're supposed to hear. You hear it, don't you? You hear it every time. Yeah. And it was kind of like that. They're sort of saying, oh, he's he, at this point, John Gott is saying, I'm going to, we need to, I can't remember the phrase, we, we're going to mess him up or something like that. And it's just, sort and it's like, really? Because... Because I mean, I thought that when they played it, and the guy's saying, "Oh, he's clearly saying we're going to mess you up," and then then the jury obviously yeah, they don't buy it, and they're like, "Well, he right. could be saying anything." Yeah, but also 
Gotti like bunged one of them about sixteen grand or something, so or sixty grand. So <laughs> that that was screwed. Um, but ultimately, they do get him. But what's interesting, I think, just from a cultural point of view, is to his later trial, you've got Hollywood stars turning up. You've got, yeah, you know, right. because it was such a media circus, and he became notorious. And I thought there's a, you know, the the public were almost backing him and cheering him. He became a celebrity, and he he kind of played up to that. He he dressed really smart, and uh, you know, he had this kind of public persona. And I thought there's a really good phrase where one of the commentators said about how people loved hearing about his $2,000 suits, but they didn't want to hear about where the $2,000 came from. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's a kind of direct parallel with Al Capone in the in you know the 20s, isn't it? I mean, that, yeah. you know, same kind of public persona, you know, the newspapers love writing about him, and, and there's a kind of celebrity kind of star kind of quality to him, despite you know, the terrible things and crimes and everything else, you, you know, who's involved in. But um, but it, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how, um, you know, um, people kind of are fascinated and, and, and uh, there are these kind of um, charmingly hideous kind of people, I guess. There's this. a glamour attached to yeah, them, yeah. isn't there? Um, yeah, crime, somehow. Crime pays, you know, in that way. Yeah. But, uh, and I think we get it. I mean, I mentioned The Sopranos. You watch The Sopranos, and I think, I mean, obviously it's not real. You know, Tony Soprano isn't actually, well, you know, uh, I forget the actor now, but yeah, so there's, but there's a glamour to him, and we end up liking him. But at the same time, we've seen him do terrible things. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a fictional character. But then do we really differentiate between fictional characters and real characters? Not really. If they're written about in the newspaper, they might as well be fictional. We, we, the way we inter- I mean, we don't know them personally. It's not like we had a personal no. relationship. So we interact with fictional and real character- characters in the same way, through TV, through newspapers, reading about them, watching them. Um, and so it's, it, it, it isn't beyond belief to kind of kind of view them almost in the same way, isn't it? You, yeah, you, you yeah. Know, you're, you're media for viewing these people and you're what you, I mean, you're only hearing or seeing what you are being shown. So if all you're ever shown is a kind of, um, you know, this charismatic guy wearing $2,000 suits, you know, coming out with, you know, good lines and smiling and that, then you, you, you form your opinion on that. You, you're not seeing why he's in court, you know, Sopranos are different in, in the way that you do get to see the, the, you know, the dark side of uh, Tony Soprano, but, um, but even still, you know, there's a lot that is still far, far less screen time than Tony just being Tony yeah. um, in normal life. And so, you know, it, it doesn't it's not, you know, very good bit. There's not a bad bit. It, they were saying um, on some of the bugs you hear him you know, when, when they got the final bug, they, he would disappear out of the club and they wouldn't be able to hear him for an hour. And they'd be like, well, where is he? Because we, we can see it. We can see the front door. He was going out the back. Up the some like some stairs into an apartment that, that that belonged to this old lady, right? So they they managed to get bugs in there, and they could hear like crystal clear, really right. clear. But of course, he's like, you know, swearing profusely, and uh, apparently, you know, people in the court are a bit shocked. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, Re- this, the reality hits, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fascinating. 
and the opposite we see the opposite of this as well don't we how people are vilified you know oh sure yeah 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 you know, think about like harry and megan or somebody like that and it's like people vilify them and like we do you know them? how why are you so yeah so caught sure. up in this story and maybe you know i don't know it's just like we're, we're, we're shown people to we're shown goodies and we're shown baddies and a lot of people buy into that and it's kind of hard yeah. not to well i mean uh, the kind of media and society at large kind of does seem to like to pigeonhole people and things you know it's mm. an easier it's an easier story that way isn't it it's easier to kind of present um that you know all these people are bad these people are good and these people were good but now they're bad and and um, yeah you know, the kind of power that that kind of you know and it's not just you know back in the day it would be the power of the newspapers and, and maybe in tv but um you kind of compounded that with the kind of social media um creates quite a irresistible oh, kind yeah. of force doesn't it that even sure. even when it's wrong it's hard to uh to um you know discern the truth or whatever so totally yeah yeah right well should we uh, should we bring it to a close there well on that on that downer yeah on that- yeah, sorry. Is that a downer? I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, the good news is they caught him and they sent him into prison. Well, there He's you go. Now. Well, there you go. So everything worked yeah. out okay. Yeah. In the end. It was a, I don't know. It was a happy ending. I don't know. After. So that's 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 yeah, that's a better ending, isn't it? Sure. Okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so um uh so uh if you uh like what we're doing please leave us a review send us a message you can get on you can go on our Substack or go on to our facebook group um and uh you know tell us what you think how how can people get hold of us paul any other ways well they can follow us uh individually on blue sky if you're on blue sky which is the replacement for twitter basically uh we have a facebook group uh titled mason and fricker's eldritch stories uh, which is uh yep that's that's uh, that's there on facebook um you can follow us on twitter uh, but basically if you look us up on any podcast feed uh, we should be there and you can find us at eldritchstories.com what was the um what was our last story that came out paul do you remember uh well the last story well it'll be another one this oh yeah another one this week and I, I'm not sure what the next one's going to oh, be. Oh, okay. Well, it's, we'll leave that a mystery then. A mystery. A, a mystery. mystery. It's one of yours. Mis- one, of, well, one of yours. So there you go. Yeah, I'll be yours, reading it. Your last story was the um, the Bin Men? Yes, the Bin Men. Bin yes. Men, with the special special things going on in the uh, in the basement, if I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed um, listening to that again. and Because uh, somebody commented that it was it struck me as a little unusual that we read each other's stories. Um, but I think that was, it just seemed a natural thing to do. I think, I think from the word go, we just, you know, even before we said it, we just assumed that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, read each other's stories. And uh, yeah, I think that's good because I mean, I certainly with that, even though we hadn't agreed it, I was writing stories and listening to my head in your voice in that strange way. Um, yeah. And um that you know um yeah that just seemed like a very natural thing um, well let's talk about this more next time yeah it's, sure uh, anyway whole we're, another we're topic. closing up so uh yeah as you say please you know go and tell a friend go and tell uh you know whoever likes a bit of horror and a bit of chat about films and whatever else we've been up to uh go and tell them about it and uh you know point them in the point them in the direction of the good stuff yeah so uh without 
you know, further ado, Paul, what we what should we just remind people to do? I think there's just one more thing we need to remind yeah. them to do, and that's to keep it eldritch. <laughs>